continue in what was not intended to be a series, but has become a series. Remember, it started off of our You Were Made To flyer. And of course, the flyer says belong, which was our first week. And then the next week was You Were Made To Be Accepted. And then You Were Made To Know God. And this week is, I believe, our last week of doing the You, you Were Made To series. And it's interesting because... I didn't tell Andrew what we're talking about, and all of worship was just following in this same thread. You were made to be free. God made us as a humanity, as a people, to be free. He never intended us to be caught up in bondages. Now, I have to tell you a story, and this is very self-deprecating. And I even like was having some inner groanings last night as I was finis- finishing up, putting the final touches on this. And just like, oh man, I really don't want to tell this story to people. They're going to really see a view inside of me that they may be scared of. But I'm going to just jump out there and remember we're the church with no judging, so you can't judge me. When I was 19 years old, still living at home, before I went to Christ for the Nations, I was just trying to do my best for God, going to church, involved, running the sound, playing worship, and doing all this stuff. And again, you can't judge what the society's thoughts of what is contemporary was at that time, but three-piece suits were it. I mean, you got to have the vest going on, you got to have the coat going on, and you're styling. And I wanted to be a police officer more than just about anything in the world. And so I was hanging out with the police, and at that time in Texas, you couldn't be a police officer until you're 21. So I'm riding with them like 40 hours a month, just crazy, and why my best friends at the police department was a detective. So he's wearing his three-piece suit as a detective, and he had his handcuffs right back here, hanging over his belt loop. If you guys seen that before? You know what the cops are walking with. So I got home, this one particular Sunday, and my parents were visiting my grandma Epp in Amherst, so I had the house all to myself, and this never happened, and you're going to understand why it never happened um, in a moment, but I drove to church in my three-piece suit, and I came home, and I parked my little truck in its spot, oh my gosh, I can see it right now in my mind, and I thought, I'm going to be bad, just like my friend is. And so I pulled my handcuffs out, real handcuffs, by the way, and I put them on my belt loop, and I went walking in the house, and I'm just feeling, man, this is just the way it's going to be for me one day. I'm going to be that detective. And it's, Now, there's nothing wrong with visualizing your future and having a great vision of this, but, man, I was just all about this, and it's so stupid. It's so corny now to even admit it. It's like I'm cringing inside even as I'm telling you this. But I had those handcuffs, and I was just having a grand old time thinking about it and loved the way it was just like, was feeling on the back, tugging on the, on the belt a little bit. And I went into my bedroom. You know how you do stupid things that you don't know why you did them? Until afterwards, I pulled my handcuffs out. I was probably acting like I was going to handcuff somebody. And I started playing with the ratchet. I was like, clink, clink. you know, it makes that particular sound. I was going to have my pair in here so I could make the sound in here. I forgot to get them out of the car. But making that sound, you all have heard that sound before with the ratchet of the handcuffs. And I'm playing with it, just going back and forth. 
and for whatever reason, just thought it'd be a great idea to go click on my arm. It's like, oh, that was fun. And I'm sitting right by my piano. Now, not a traditional piano with the legs. It's got the little four legs, three legs coming down. But this is the old-fashioned player kind of piano. So it's got the leg built into the whole frame. And for whatever reason, my three-piece suit, I reached over and went click right onto the leg of the piano. My parents are 400 miles away. I hadn't thought to open any windows in the house. So it is a nice Texas day. It's getting hot. It's hot, hot, hot in there anyway. And now I start going, well, this is fun. Let me, where are my keys? Oh, my gosh. Okay, so how we, um, I've got all these things I procrastinated to do. I've got to do all the dishes. I've got to clean the house. I've got to clean my truck. Uh, I haven't even ate yet. I mean, I'm just so focused on this. Like, So I did what every logical person would do. Started pulling really hard on the police handcuffs. That's handcuffed to the, the arm leg of the piano. Guess how well that worked out for me. I continued and continued. Then, again, I'm embarrassed to say, I'm sweating bullets. So I'm taking off everything I can, except it's all stuck right here on this arm. So I'm laying there in my underwear, in my room, handcuffed to the piano, and I'm wore out now. It's just like, I'm sweating. I'm going to die here. My parents are going to come home in like 10 hours. They're going to find me here. Nothing's going to be done. I'm so dead. This is just like... And I'm, of course, then what do you turn to? You turn to prayer. And so I'm like, Jesus, please, God in heaven, hear my prayer. When I jerk on this with all of my might, you're just going to make it just come undone. Of course, I'd already tried to find a, a, a paper clip and try it. And yeah, that didn't work because they're real police handcuffs that don't pick. So I sit there and I'm like, okay, Jesus, in faith, I just put my faith to this one. I'm going to pull as hard as I can. I'm just going to jerk this. I about broke my wrist when I did that. And so it continued, and I finally just passed out. Now, you can believe this story, or you cannot believe the story. But as I'm passed out, just like stopped trying anymore, it went click, undone. I looked at it in disbelief. It was like, oh my gosh. Opened it up. It's, it's a miracle of God. I'm just telling you right now, because those things do not come undone just by laying still. I quickly put my clothes quasi back on and ran out to my truck where my keys were, stupid, and got the keys. And right as I was putting them in to take it off, the Spirit of God spoke to me. He goes, you've got these areas of bondage in your life. He goes, and you think by your strength you can just jerk and pull and pray that with your strength and in your own wisdom... In your own strength, you can make it happen. He goes, but notice, I removed the handcuffs from where it was on the piano, but you have to work on taking the one off your arm. I'm like, that's a pretty heavy download. You know what I'm saying? But we were not made to be handcuffed, to be shackled. We were made to be free. We look in Luke Chapter 4, Jesus is traveling around. He's just starting his ministry. 
And he's just moving into what God's called him to do. He just had the moment with John the Baptist where God spoke from heaven and, you know, just shaking everything. Can you imagine God's voice shaking everything? This is my son in whom I'm well pleased. And he goes into that, and we pick up in verse 16. And he, Jesus, came to Nazareth where he had been brought up. And as his custom was, he entered the synagogue on the Sabbath. Notice it was Jesus' habit, his custom, to go to church. And he stood up to read. Verse 17, And the book of the prophet Isaiah was handed to him, and he opened the book and found the place where it was written. This is what he read. The Spirit of the Lord is upon me. Now this becomes the whole mission statement of Jesus, of his life, of what he's called to do. It was written about Jesus, the Messiah, by the prophet Isaiah hundreds of years before. The Spirit of the Lord is upon me because he anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. He has sent me to proclaim release to the captives and recover your sight to the blind and to set free those who are oppressed and to proclaim the favorable or acceptable year of the Lord. Oppressed literally means those with broken pieces. Set free those who with broken pieces. Captives, where he said it, to release the captives means literally a spear taken or conquered. And the poor isn't talking necessarily about people who don't have enough dollars in their pocket. But it literally means those who crouch or cower back behind. Now, think about the TV dramas that you've seen like I have, and they're searching for this kid that's kidnapped or this woman that's been trafficked or whatever, and they go, and then they finally, at the end of the hour-long thing, they find them. And what are they always positioned when they find them? Aren't they always just cowering down? Aren't they always just like, ah, it's okay, I'm, I'm the police, it's okay, I'm the good guy. It's okay, it's okay, because of the abuse that had been there. That's the picture of Isaiah and where Jesus is reading. He has sent me to proclaim the release of those who are taken or conquered, to set free those whose life is broken into pieces. Galatians 5, 1 said, It was for freedom that Christ set us free. And free literally means exempt. Christ sacrificed his life for us to have freedom so we're exempt from sin. Therefore, keep standing firm and do not be subject again to the yoke of slavery. Literally, it was for liberty that Christ made us exempt. You were made to be free. John 8, 36 says, Whom the Son says free is free indeed. But now we say that, we quote it, and sometimes it's on nice little plaques or, again, on the throw pillows we'll have. But do we understand what that says? If the Son sets you free. doesn't say that man can set you free. Remember, we're the church with no rules, the no judging Our rules can't set anybody free. Us judging them and saying you got this and this and this wrong in your life can't set anybody free. But if the Son 
Jesus set you free. You're free indeed, which means literally you're no longer under restraint. So think about those handcuffs that I was handcuffed to. You're no longer in those restraints. But Jesus healed a different way every single time. Did you ever notice that? He didn't heal the same way twice. Even a guy that was blind, one time he spit in mud, and other times you just pray. He did it different every time. There's no pattern to how God accomplishes healing. And freedom is simply the healing from the past. Do you know we all have a past? Everyone who's going to sit in every one of these seats and the additional seats and then the future seats and all the, they all have pasts, just like I have a past, just like you have a past. And we can't look at freedom without looking at Romans 8.1. Therefore, now there is no condemnation to those who are in Christ Jesus. For the law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus has set you free from the law of sin and death. Galatians 5, continuing on, we read Galatians 5.1 just a minute ago. Galatians 5.13 says, you are called to freedom. Remember, we are not called to be in bondage. We were made to be free. For you were called to freedom literally means you were invited or summoned. So like you got an invitation in the mail from God to be free. Only do not turn your freedom into an opportunity for the flesh, but through love serve one another. For the law, the whole law is fulfilled in one word. In the statement, you shall love your neighbor as yourself. You are called to freedom. Do not turn your freedom into an opportunity. The word opportunity is like crazy when I was studying this. It literally means an occasion or a starting point. Remember when Jesus said, go and sin no more. And it's like, you missed the mark, so do better. It says, don't turn your freedom into a starting point for sinning. Galatians 5.16 says, But I say, walk or conduct yourselves by the Spirit, and you will not carry out or bring to an end or complete the desires of the flesh. It's funny that one of these called a freedom, an opportunity, and walk literally means a starting point and bringing to an end, showing there's a process of sin. There's a process that we can start having something going on in our mind or in our head and we can have the freedom that God has given us and we can still step back into bondage. But how many of you know we can't remove ourselves like I couldn't remove myself from that piano? We can't do it ourselves. We need the Spirit of God to help us. 2 Corinthians 3.17 says, Now the Lord is the Spirit, and where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is liberty. Liberty and freedom are interchangeable in all these scriptures. It's the same word very often, but it's in the Spirit of God. So with our growth track, with our small groups, we have the two different models that we're moving out so far as doing and accomplishing what Jesus said his goal was. Proclaiming him is what we do on Sundays. 
It's what we do in this very service. But small groups, which we're launching in a few weeks, is where we actually get close enough with people that we can step out to help them find freedom. I'm never going to find freedom with somebody I don't trust. When we do the walk around and we got the one-minute countdown going on the screen, that's not a time that you walk up and say, Hi, I'm Kevin. Hi, I'm Andrew. Yeah, you want to know all my sins I did this week? That's never going to happen here. It's never going to happen eating a donut. It will happen when you're playing basketball and you get close to each other and you start finding this camaraderie. But after like week five, week six, week seven, you start feeling like, okay, I can trust them. And when you say, hey, how was your week? No, really, how was your week? The Spirit of God is there. And where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is liberty. If you will, bow your heads with me. You know, the number of us that are in this room is actually paled in comparison to the people who watch us online and listen to the podcast. So I'm not going to even for a moment think that everyone and the sound of my voice, no matter whether it's in this room or in media, has it all together. The interesting thing about the scriptures that we read already, it says, in Christ. It talks about you're free in Christ. The first part of this equation is in Christ. Maybe today is the day that you're ready to make the step towards Jesus and if that's you I just want to ask you to pray this simple prayer you can use your own words doesn't have to be exactly my words but just mean it from your heart Father I ask you today to forgive me and my sins I recognize that Jesus is your son and I accept his sacrifice on the cross for my sins. Today, I choose to, sac- to surrender my life to you. And I ask you to help me on this path and just simply show me where you want me to go and how you want me to do it. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Continue on. Maybe there's something broken or taken or conquered as we talked about in your life. Or is there something that makes you crouch in captivity? Are you handcuffed to something? Is there something that God wants to do in your life to set you free? If it is, I suggest on the connection card that you simply make a note on there as a prayer request. And let us follow up with you. And let us talk to you one-on-one. And let's look forward to the small groups that we're going to have in the future.